Good afternoon. This is Greg Lois from Lois LLC. And today's topic is Section 40 liens, your right to reimbursement, and subrogation under the New Jersey Workers' Compensation Act. Essentially, if you're following along at home, we're basically in Chapter 13 of the book, which is on liens and offsets. Um, for the purpose of the, today's discussion, we're going to make the a priori assumption uh, that there is a workers' compensation claim pending. Uh, whenever there's a workers' compensation claim and the claimant or the petitioner has either a third-party claim or a potential third-party, that would be a civil action, under New Jersey's Section 40, that's Section 40 of our Workers' Compensation Act, the carrier or self-insured employer have the right to reimbursement or subrogation. The first question that we consider whenever a new case comes into this firm is whether or not there's a potential for a third-party action. Do the facts of the laws add up uh, to a situation where the petitioner in our New Jersey workers' compensation case could also file a civil action against some other party, some actual tortfeasor? And this is very case-by-case, case, very specific to the facts of each loss. Uh, the typical, typical types of losses we see here are people injured by machines, motor vehicle accidents, and, of course, the classic slip and fall on your way in and out of the office or the workplace. And we're always going to ask the same kind of questions. Who owned the machinery or the equipment or the location? Uh, who was responsible for maintaining the equipment or the machinery or the location? Who may be at fault? Is there the potential for there to be a third party or civil tortfeasor? Now, at the time I take a new case in, I'm always looking at the case and saying, hey, is this one where I need to reserve my client's Section 40 lien rights? Section 40 in New Jersey is not self-affecting. And what that means is that we actually have to aggressively assert that right to reimbursement. And by aggressively, I mean we're, doing, we're sending letters. They have to be sent via certified mail or courier service, some sort of verified format, so that we can make sure that that right to reimbursement is preserved. Now, uh, where we do have a right to reimbursement, we are entitled to get back everything we've paid, less attorney's fees, and $750. It's a very uh, awesome power to be reimbursed that amount from the proceeds of a third-party case. Uh, some states there are reductions for other things or statutory carve-outs. For example, at Lois LLC, we are 19 attorneys defending workers' compensation cases in New York and New Jersey. New York has all sorts of carve-outs for, for specific types of loss. New Jersey, whatever the recovery is, you're entitled to your entire, uh, all monies expended for medical payments, uh, lost time benefits, and permanency, uh, subject to a reduction for the attorney's fee and subject to a reduction for $750 in costs. Uh, the way we assert that right to reimbursement is, of course, uh, via letter, uh, sent certified mail to all parties, including the third-party defendants. Um, and we like to provide uh, regular updates to the parties representing the petitioner in that civil action, and that would be basically providing them with payment ledgers. Here's what we've been paying in medical treatment. Here's what we've been paying in lost time benefits. Uh, we are not allowed to include some expenses, including IME costs, my defense attorney fees, uh, some court costs, and, of course, medical vendor fees, and that does include uh, certain nurse case managers. Now, the way we preserve your rights is by sending what's called a Section 40 lien letter. This is an official letter that has statutory language included in it. It needs to be sent via verified format. Uh, the goal is to send it to the petitioner's attorney, the plaintiff's attorney in the uh, third-party case, so that would be the uh, attorney representing the petitioner in that third-party or civil action, 
and the third-party defendants. Once that letter is set, and we're just basically talking about reimbursement now, I'm going to get to subrogation in a minute, uh, defense counsel uh, will simply monitor the file. And what we'll do is put everybody on notice, say, hey, if there's any arbitrations, mediations, uh, motion hearings, trial dates, we want to know about it. We will independently monitor the court docket, uh, and we will continually be uh, sort of giving you updates about what the status of that civil action is, because we're waiting on them to get our reimbursement. Now, they do not need our permission or consent to a settlement in New Jersey, which means sometimes they can go out and settle a case, and we'll find out later, oh, they resolved that matter, and here's your money coming back. The money is statutory. Uh, claimant's counsel, petitioner's counsel, should be requesting ledgers from us saying, hey, how much have you spent? Sometimes they don't. Uh, we'll always ask to provide that to them. Uh, the amount spent on medical benefits, lost time, and any permanency is going to be what we can recover. Now, a lot of my clients get directly contacted by the attorneys in the third-party action, and they tell you all sorts of lies, okay? They'll tell you, oh, my case stinks. I want you to compromise down your lien because typically in New Jersey, you're getting everything back uh, minus the attorney's costs and minus uh, $750 in court, court costs. And sometimes you'll hear uh, uh, petitioner's counsel or the plaintiff's counsel in the third-party case come forward to you and they'll say, you know, our third-party case stinks, liability's terrible, we're never going to win, they've offered us $20,000, look, I don't even want to take it, there's not a lot of damages in this case, will you just agree uh, to compromise down your lien? Uh, and you know, typically that's something that uh, we can do. You can absolutely compromise a lien, but you don't have to. And sometimes uh, plaintiff's counsel come to you and say, well, in New Jersey, we always do a third, a third, a third. And you should uh, compromise your lien down to a third of its current value. That gives me, the attorney, representing the petitioner in the third party or civil action, uh, my fee. The petitioner or the plaintiff in the third party action gets to keep a third. That's get, get some money in their pocket and you get a third back. So everybody's happy. Well, no, we're not happy because that third that went to the, uh, the petitioner or the plaintiff, that's a double payment, right? They've already received that money in workers' comp. We're entitled to getting it back. So a third, a third, a third, it's not actually a thing. You'll hear that all the time from uh, plaintiff counsel, and just be wary about that. They love to make that threat. They love to tell you, oh, this is what we always do here. But really, that's not a rule, and you absolutely don't have to agree to it. Uh, they will often tell you uh, that I'm going to dismiss this claim. This case is so bad, uh, liability stinks, and the damages are so low that if you don't agree to compromise your right to reimbursement, I'm just going to dismiss the whole case. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, that's not really a threat at all. Uh, look, if they uh, decide they're not going to pursue the action anymore, we can step into their shoes under Section 40F and come in there and subrogate directly. So if they claim that they're going to dismiss or just walk away or abandon their claim because we're refusing to compromise on our lien, it's simply not true. Now, there are some things we can do uh, to maximize reimbursement, so let's talk about that. First, it's my advice to typically wait for the offer to the third-party attorney. I really don't like it when the plaintiff's attorney, and this is the attorney representing the petitioner in our workers' compensation case, but in the civil action, contacts me and says, hey, Greg, uh, look, I think this case is worth like 150000 If I could get 150000 would your client um, reduce down their lien to only 50000 uh, No, listen, I'm not going to negotiate against hypotheticals, right? I'm not going to put my client in a box. And generally speaking, uh, if I'm 
uh, coaching or guiding a risk professional, I'll tell you, look, don't make any counter offers. Don't start negotiating until they get a firm offer from that third party defendant. Otherwise, you're just boxing yourself in. Okay. I always ask my adversary for a copy of their costs and fee agreement. I want to make sure that their fee that they're claiming they're actually getting paid is what they're actually getting paid. Because remember, our right to reimbursement is reduced by the value of the uh, attorney's fee. Now, in New Jersey, most attorneys take a third. But some attorneys will negotiate against each other. In fact, I saw an attorney's uh, uh, car parked outside of a courthouse with a court with a, a wrap on it, you know, like one of those ad wraps that said, lowest percentage in town, I'll take lower than your attorney, essentially saying, hey, your attorney's going to take a third, I'll take 25%. So, you know, some plaintiff's attorneys, in order to get some good cases, will negotiate down their fee. So the old idea of, hey, uh, it's always, I, you know, one third goes to the attorney and I get to keep two thirds minus $750, rule of thumb, isn't always true. Ask for a copy of the fee agreement. They should provide it to you. Um, look, there are oftentimes when we've paid out a million dollars in the workers' compensation case, but the civil case settles for only $100,000. That doesn't mean that your credits have been waived. Uh, you can apply them into the future. I'll talk about that in one second. And then finally, sometimes the, uh, the plaintiff's costs in the third-party case aren't awesome. Uh, they're very high. They need to retain an expert. And this is where sometimes we can be a help. We can either suggest experts or we'll even consider sharing costs in order to help them secure that recovery. All right. Uh, I just said before earlier, what happens when uh, the recovery in the third party action, the civil case is only $100,000, but we have paid a million dollars in the workers' compensation case? Well, you can definitely apply that credit going forward. So going forward, just because they're taking $100,000 now doesn't mean that, the, that you don't have a credit moving forward. Also remember that you can reserve credits on uh, settlement documents, uh, essentially saying uh, that if the case gets reopened, if the case comes back, I'm going to be reasserting my right to credit. And remember, in New Jersey, something like 25% of all cases end up getting reopened, meaning coming right back. All right, so that's a little bit about reimbursement. And remember, reimbursement is where the petitioner in the workers' compensation case went out on their own, filed a third-party lawsuit against the actual tortfeasor. What happens when they don't do that? That's called subrogation. That's where we step into their shoes. Subrogation is a Latin term. It just simply means we're standing in the place of another. And under our, our statute in New Jersey, Section 40, once again, absolutely we can subrogate. Now, when we're subrogating, we've got some problems, and that's that we are now stepping into the shoes of someone who's really not our buddy. Uh, in, the, in this instance, uh, we are representing the employer in the workers' compensation case, right? So we're adverse to the petitioner in the workers' compensation case. But then in the civil action, I'm representing the plaintiff. And our interests aren't always aligned. Uh, so let's talk about the typical situation, okay? We've got our employee. He's got a workers' compensation case. Maybe this is an outside employee traveling on business, has a slip and fall in the airport. You know, we consider all the thoughts here that uh, we normally consider when a uh, case comes in for intake. Hey, uh, who's the actual tortfeasor? Who owned the hallway? Who maintains the place where he slipped and fell? Who's, whose premises is it? Who could be at fault? Who could we recover from? And maybe there's, there's a great avenue for recovery. Um, but the petitioner says, I'm not suing anyone. I'm going to bring my worker's comp claim against you uh, because, I, you know, that's easy. But I'm absolutely not bringing my third-party civil lawsuit against anyone. All right, that's when we can step in. We can step in and directly uh, 
uh, sue on their behalf against the actual tortfeasor, and the goal would be to recover. Um, now, interestingly, we can subrogate medical malpractice claims. So if the petitioner gets medical treatment, what act- actually worsens them, and you could think of some obvious examples where the surgeon uh, maybe leaves a forceps or a scalpel inside this, the, the operative site or something like that, where they clearly have damaged our employee, they've come back, and now the value of the worker's compensation claims is increased. Absolutely, we can subrogate medical malpractice. We can also subrogate a legal malpractice claim. And this would be something, a very simple example would be where the petitioner goes to a civil attorney and says, I want to file a civil lawsuit, and the attorney just simply fails to file it within the deadlines. Okay, so how do we uh, assert the right to subrogate the case? Now, there are some specific deadlines and notice requirements, and we'll talk very briefly about that. First, um, once again, we have to put all the parties on notice. And under Section 40, this means we have to send them through a verifiable method, and usually this is certified mail, or typically in New Jersey we use lawyer service, which is the private courier service that most law firms use. We are going to uh, serve the petitioner with a notice of intent. Uh, we are going to, uh, first of all, we have to wait one year. We then advise them that we're stepping into their shoes because the petitioner has one year to file their claim. We send them a notice of intent. This is a specific letter saying, I'm going to file a claim. We're putting the third party on notice. This would be the third party defendant. We then can wait 10 days and then can file our complaint. Now, the interesting thing here is, in my experience, typically when we send these letters, Uh, out to the party saying, hey, we're going to step into your shoes, uh, petitioner. We're going to become the plaintiff. Uh, That typically is what will fire them up and trigger to them the idea, hey, I better go see my friendly attorney at law who advertises on a bus stop bench and go and get some kind of civil case filed. So typically once we send out these lien notices, or I'm sorry, these uh, subrogation notices, that's when people start to realize, oh my goodness, I should probably be filing a case here. Now, it's potential that to blow notice to the third party. Uh, that uh, This is a technicality. In other words, uh, we didn't serve them with notice, but we still bring an action against them. Uh, or if notice has been blown, you can still directly collect against the uh, petitioner uh, directly. Now, let's talk about problems here. Uh, this, is, this is a problematic area because, remember, uh, I am defending the employer in the workers' compensation case, but then I put on my different hat, and now I am representing the petitioner as a plaintiff in a third-party case. Uh, obviously, it's a challenge to get some cooperation from this uh, petitioner in the third-party case. Now, under the, the statutes and case laws, they have to cooperate. Uh, if I subpoena them to appear at a deposition, they have to do that. But again, imagine all the difficulties of an uncooperative plaintiff who really doesn't want this third-party lawsuit to go forward for any reason. Um, and my interest is not really truly perfectly aligned with the plaintiff, and I have to tell them this all the time. I am not here trying to get your uh, the most amount of money you can possibly get. This is not our opportunity to get your uh, champagne dreams and caviar wishes coming true. All I care about, and my obligation as the attorney, is simply to get my client's money reimbursed. So the my interest is simply to get the amount of, that we've already paid out in the workers' compensation case paid back or recovered in the third-party action. Additional monies for pain or suffering or so that the uh, plaintiff in the third-party action can go buy a summer home, not my interest. So that's another reason uh, why our interest would not be aligned with the plaintiff directly in that case. Typically, though, in my experience, they go out and get their attorney once they realize, wait, I have a very viable third-party claim. Okay, 
Uh, this has been a little overview of reimbursement and subrogation. I hope this is helpful. I hope everyone that's watching and listening to this um, uh, has a uh, copy of our book. Please note that I also write uh, the, the handbooks that uh, our firm self-publishes, both for New York and New Jersey, but I'm also the uh, co-author of the New Jersey Workers' Compensation Practice Guide. That's really meant for attorneys and judges, but if any of the uh, viewers of this program uh, want a copy, please contact me. Um, in addition to the handbooks uh, we all, and these webinars, which obviously you know about, uh, we also publish 10 to 15 different articles on various topics and workers' compensation on our website every month. And, of course, we have a newsletter. You can subscribe to that. Um, that's it for this webinar. Next uh, month, January 23rd, we'll be tackling Medicare secondary payer issues, which come into play when there are Section 20 settlements in New Jersey. For the full list of our webinar schedule, you can go to our website, which is lois-llc.com slash webinars, and you can see all of the uh, webinars we have coming up on all topics, both in New York and New Jersey workers' compensation. Thanks again for being here. Uh, please feel free to email me with any questions you have about the topics covered in today's uh, conversation. Have a great week.